Hey, welcome to the Sharp Boy Show. It is Monday evening. Yes, 7 p.m. on the East Coast. And that means you have to look at my mug. Yes, that is the rules. Sharp Boy Show Monday. Ask me anything as you see me so often do. You know what I'm going to ask you to do? Please like, comment, share. It does matter. Comment, share, subscribe, all those cool things. Click all those buttons if you would. And I'm going to ask you something specific tonight. Click on the YouTube. Yes, follow me on Sharp Way YouTube. That's the one I want you to think about this evening, if you would. So I know it's AMA, it's Ask Me Anything, but I do want to, if I could, kind of start off with something, as I, as I often do. And this one is the idea that has been popping up a lot recently. I've been talking about it a couple of times here. Other people are starting to talk about it now. It's the idea of even progressives or Democrats, liberals, whatever, whatever however you want to self-identify, if you lean left or are left, either one of those things kind of being upset about wokeness, about the idea of woke being woke is going too far, that kind of thing. And one of the most popular progressives, um, I shouldn't say popular, that's the right answer. Maybe it's one of the, the most well-known progressives. That may be a, a better way of putting it. One of the most well-known progressives, James Carville, helped with Clinton and so many other, uh, became popular, I think, with Bill Clinton, but helped with so many of the Democrats, big Democrat strategist, all about the Democrats winning, hates Republicans, hates everyone from the right. Clearly obvious that's where his head is. He's all about the left winning. He's like gone too far. He's like gone too far. And he was on Michael Smirconish's show. He's on many shows talking about this, but I want to bring up the one from Michael Smirconish. And I have a couple specific messages for you out there, whether you're a libertarian, whether you're you're self-proclaimed conservative, self-proclaimed um, progressive, I got something to tell you, which I think, in in my view, is important. I hope you agree. Not that James Carville, and you correct me if I'm wrong, is questioning any one aspect of what gets lumped into wokeness. But I think you're saying, as a political strategy, mm -hmm. this dog doesn't hunt. Well, Naya doesn't hunt on, on, on several levels. First of all, it, it sounds, I call it the fact politics of the faculty lounge. And in yes. my view, if you want to, in politics, you should speak the language of the people. You should speak clear, direct English and address people as they address each other. Now, this is one of the things that is, is actually common sense, right? Whether you are, um, whether you are a um, conservative, or whether you are a, um, you know, progressive, wh whatever you are, doesn't really matter. You do want to speak uh, in a way that your audience hears you, right, all the time. We libertarians have the same problem. We talk about Mises. We talk about, you know, what's the difference between, you know, neoliberalism and and you know, ANCAP. If you're not in our world, people have no idea what that means, right? We don't, we want to agree with him, right, and not and not just speak a language that only we understand. And I think that the language of what is the current, what people call the woke left or the what they call it, it it's, it's a different language and the average person doesn't get it. And Carville's right with this, but we, we can learn too as libertarians, we could do. Not like the humanities department at Amherst wants mm -hmm. you to address everybody. <laughs> I mean, it's I true. This is the kind of an issue, is this? Is this the kind of an issue, James, that is impossible to poll because mm -hmm. people are going to lie to a pollster, but when they Look go in that. there and they close that curtain, they're going to do what they want to do. I don't have to poll, all right? 
after the 2020 congressional elections, there was a huge eruption in the Democratic caucus where people correctly pointed out mm-hmm. that this whole defund the police stuff cost us congressional seats. I can look at the voting results in, in the real look at that. Valley. I can look at the voting results in Miami Day. Yep. I can relate conversations that I have with people every yes. day. Now, I want to touch all these things. I'm going to grab a couple of these. You guys give me good comments already, right? He's talking about the, the Democrats did worse than they thought. And Smirconish is saying, look at this. You, you know, aren't, aren't, are, are people lying on polls? Well, yeah, you know what? That actually explains a lot of the failed polling, doesn't it? Probably not the only thing. I'm sure there's other things. But a lot of that, you know, remember the Democrats were supposed to do so well last year. They were going to sweep everything and they were going to crush the Republicans and they were going to, you know, sweep everything and have 60 votes in them in the Senate. I'm exaggerating. But you know what I mean, right? That was supposed to happen. It's going to be a massive blue wave. And it wasn't a massive blue wave. But the polling said it was going to be a blue wave. Now, I, I said to that, I didn't trust the polling. I, I didn't know who was going to win last year. Absolutely. All I'm saying is, without question, I think this is, in my view, I'll say with, in my view, he's at a valid point here, right? People are becoming afraid to say what they feel. Let me grab a couple of these. Uh, Jimmy says, I'm not a fan of James at all. I turned him off over a decade ago. He comes off as just someone that's just mad and hateful. Yeah, but I got Democrats tend to love him because he's very anti-Republican, clearly and obviously anti-Republican. Well, Republicans tend to like Trump because he's clearly anti-Democrat. So I think this goes both ways, Jimmy, to be fair, right? I think to be fair, they both kind of had that same other guy bad mentality that tends to work and get people to, to like them. Adam says the LP is his own worst enemy, probably goes to most political groups these days. Um, it's a good question. Is it true for most political groups? I don't really think so, to be forward with you. Um, and I say it because you look at 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 the at wow, that's a you know, Adam, that's a tough question for me to answer. I do think that right now you find a a a level of alienation in the left, in the Democrats, that's far higher than the right. And what I mean by that, it's not that the right doesn't have its own rules and regulations. Of, of course it does. But if you basically go, I hate the left, and that's kind of all you say, the right will kind of take in. I, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm being broad on that, but that's based on our own criteria right now, right? If you're like, I hate the left. They're right to be like, yeah, okay, you're one of us. Come on in. You want to go to the left, you can go, I hate the right. They go, great, but do you believe this, say this, act this way? Oh, you don't? Yeah, no, you you can't be part of us. They're much more alienating at this moment. That wasn't always true of the left. I think during the Trump height years, the left was much more about, do you hate Trump? You're one of us. I think I think it's really made a switch since the election. And it's just my feeling, Adam, I don't have any data on that. But my gut is saying that once the Democrats believed they were going to win, I feel like they became more alienating as a group. There was always a chunk of the left that was alienating. It always has been and always will be. That's a chunk. But I think as a whole, the left was much less alienating when they thought that Trump was going to win. They were like, oh, all we care about is Trump. Come on in. I think now the... The right is much more that way. Oh, we just want to win. You hate the left? You're in. Come on. You're one of us. The LP has always been. Libertarian Party, you're never good enough. They've always been that way. So 
I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I'm jumping around a little bit on this one because I'm not sure, Adam, to be full with you. I'm not really sure. You know, I'm not really sure. So anyway, yes. Um, Frankenstein, wrong thing. It says, don't tease with Hope Carville. <laughs> that's funny. That's good. Yes. Liberty Shamrock says, great topic. Just came away today from a press conference and lunch with so many diverse people today. And upon exiting, it was comfort in the way it can be. Yes, absolutely it can be. 100%. It absolutely can be. Let me keep going down this road if I can, a few, few more minutes. People don't want to live like this, scared to, to address an issue because it might come out the wrong way. Yep. And no one is using their language except for, you know, some of our people on television. If you go to, if you need wokeness, just go listen to NPR. Yeah, I, I leave it out on my truck radio, so I'll never fall asleep. But that, that's another valid point, right? I'm not, and people think I'm like anti-woke or something. I'm not at all. I am not anti-woke. If you want to be woke, good on you. Carvel's right. Listen to NPR. You'll be fine. You'll get all the wokeness that makes you feel good. You could wear the the the, the BLM shirt. All good. I, and I'm not just joking. I know it sounds like I'm joking, but if if that's what you value and that's what matters to you, and that's how you that's part of your personality, that's part of how you sit into others, how cool you are. No worries. People wear MAGA hats to, to symbolize that they're part of the team and they're that you know cool. It's fine. Wear your MAGA hat or your BLM t-shirt or whatever's your thing. My point is when you start policing people to the point where it affects their lives. He's going to cover that in a second, where people start losing jobs. People start becoming afraid to say anything. People start feeling like it's terrible. I know some of you are going to say to me, but Larry, you know, are, are people really afraid? Clearly, yes. Clearly, yes. The left has the ultimate, the ultimate word of social destruction that the right doesn't have. The right does not have this word. The left does. Racist. That is the word that every American who isn't racist fears. And that's the funny part. If you're actually a racist, you're fine with it. Like, yep, I'll go get my armband and my white power symbol and I'm off, off I go. You're fine with it. You don't care. But if you're not a racist, it scares you tremendously. The left has that card. And instead of being smart and holding on to that card and only using it when appropriate, like on an actual racist, they're using it like, oh, you took my parking spot. Racist. Boom. And you might go, Larry, that doesn't happen. Let's say I'm wrong. And it doesn't happen. Let's say I've made that up and it doesn't happen at all. You believe it happens. Because you're not fighting me in the comments. You believe it happens, even if I'm totally wrong, even if I maliciously made that up, you believe it. So do tens of millions of Americans. They believe it's true. And that's the biggest problem. So even if you go, Larry, let me show you data on race, something or other. People don't vote based on data. We know that they vote heavily based upon emotion. What people believe is true is the same as true. You might say, no, Larry, that isn't true. Facts are facts. And you might play the Ben Shapiro card, right? Facts don't care about your feelings. You'll hear me say it, and I'll say it a thousand times. That's insanely ignorant. Of course they should, because feelings will change facts. Feelings will ignore facts. Feelings will completely make up facts and not even just make it up. Happens every single day. So even if I'm wrong, you believe it. Sleep. Uh, but it's not is it, is it possible 
Is it possible that the, the, the votes that you lose mm -hmm. because of the wokeness conversation yep. are more than offset by those who are enthused by this kind of diet? Now, this is a great question, right? Are, are you, do you lose a couple people who don't like the wokeness, but you gain so many because people love the woke conversation? That's a very valuable question. What's James going to say to that? Dialogue. No. Absolutely not. It, and He's most right. Most of the people that are enthused by this kind of dialogue live in Boston or Manhattan or, yep. or, or Washington. By the way, we're going to carry D.C. and New York and Massachusetts. We're not going to win an election in a faculty lounge. Yes. That, that, that's, just, that's, that's just idiotic. I mean, I'm not saying you're idiotic. That whole assumption. So let me walk down that road, too, if I could. If you're telling me you want to talk about things like um, critical race theory is an example, things like white supremacy and things like that. If you're saying, I'd like to have that conversation to his point in a faculty lounge with PhDs and we're gonna have macro conversations about how people and things move, great. That's a great place to have that conversation. Is it real? How do you define this? How do you define that? Wonderful conversation. If you're gonna be in a P three PhDs in a faculty lounge, about theory and concepts and all kinds of stuff, what book you're gonna write next year. Wonderful, have that conversation. I'd love to join in that conversation. That'd be amazing, let's have that conversation. But that's not a conversation for the average American because they're not gonna get the nuance that you may or may not be saying. They're not gonna get the academic definitions that don't match the actual definition that the average person hears or sees. And they're gonna feel the connotation and the feeling of that word and those phrases not the actual denotation or the physical actual definition that an academic would create. His idea of a faculty speech is right. It's dumb. It's a bad idea. And we do it in the LP also all the time. But you know who you don't hear using those types of phrases? Me. Me. I don't, dis I don't discuss that stuff in, as, as a libertarian academic or as a Democrat academic or as a Republican academic. It's not helpful. There's a place for that, but you can get that. In, you can get that in, at the right place. Is idiotic, and I the number of people that have contacted me or had people contact me after this has been enormously gratifying. Everybody just mm -hmm. wanted this temperature to break. I think that I I, I get time people say they're woke and they're tired of being woke. Yep, people woke and tired of being woke. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Let me grab a couple more of these. John says a lot of polling was bad because people were shaming to saying plant, oh, saying openly that they supported Trump. Too many people care what people think. John, this is exactly correct. And I'll say it here in New York. And people were like, Larry, New Yorkers could win. I mean, Trump could win New York. I was like, no, he can't win New York. They're like, yeah, you can win New York. Like, I, I cross this state more than most people. I meet them. They tell me what they feel. And was there an undertone that was bigger than people thought? Yes. And I say it because I live in the belly of the beast, guys. I live in New York City. Most of my friends are Democrats. And a lot of them are Democrats who were thinking about voting for Trump. And some of them did, even though they were Democrats, because they were afraid of exactly what you're talking about. They were afraid to say they supported Trump. And if you walk around the city, it's not as bad now. It was very bad, say, September, October. If you actually met anybody in the street, Right, I know I was masking up. If you met anybody on the street, or even got on a Zoom call with somebody that you were just meeting new, or whatever the case may be, 
they would often like ask questions to see what you said on Trump before you started having the conversation so they would know what they could say. That was a common thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I think you have a valid point, John. Tom says, when James Carvo is the rational Democrat, it shows what happened in this country. Tom, that's why I put him on. You've read my mind. That's why I put him on. Jimmy doesn't like him. Lots of people don't like him. Jimmy's right how he feels about him. He's correct. And when I'm putting him on as the rational guy, that should kind of show both you and Jimmy what I'm talking about. You're right. But I, I, I do want to bring up something else, though. And, and I think this is maybe kind of what you're saying, but I hope people will see this. For my friends who come from the left, I want you to understand something. If you keep walking down this road, you're not going to help your own cause. You're going to alienate so many people to where you, you're not going to have any allies and you're going to have to have allies to move your cause forward. For my friends on the right, please understand, not all Democrats are this way. Not all progressives are screaming woke, woke, woke. There is a very loud minority, but I believe in my heart they're not the majority. I do not think the majority of progressives or Democrats are all like, woke everybody, woke everyone to death. I don't think that's true. I think they lean left and they care about wokeness. Generally speaking, if you lean left, you care about it. And that's great. I'm not against it. I'm against when you start forcing it and hurting others. That's, and we're going to talk about that in a second. You're going to see him come up with that piece. But I just want you to understand, if, you, if you're leaning right and you're, and you're watching this show or listening to me on the podcast, then remember, not all progressives and not all Democrats are the woke police. Not all are. There's a large, there's, I'm sorry, a loud, not large, a loud minority. And if you're from the left, realize if you don't push back, you are going to alienate the middle. You are in the process of alienating the middle. That's why you're losing the left. You guys are losing people like Bill Maher, people like Fareed Zakaria, people like James Carvel. These are the institutional Democrats that you really shouldn't be losing. When it came, when Trump was in charge, they were all in anti-Trump. They were all in Joe Biden, all in Joe Biden, all in anti-Trump. Now they're like, hmm, if you're losing them left, you might want to change your tactics. And for my friends on the right, please don't think every progressive is this way. Not everyone is. Some are. It's true, but not all are. Thank you for that time. I appreciate that. So uh, Dan says, we are at an all-time low in this country. While the Republicans aren't any better, I hope we sweep both houses in 2022. Um, there, and this is, you know, this is what might happen. You might see Republicans um, get both houses next time. If the Democrats continue to alienate, I think that will happen. If Democrats don't and back off, I don't think it'll happen. But I do, I think my view now is it depends on how hard Democrats will alienate. How much will they police themselves out of allies? That's what I think is going to happen. Dan says, I'll call back on the Bill Maher clip. Yes, thank you, Dan. You're reading my mind. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and, and clump with this, I don't think Bill or James are having any change of heart. I think these are typical Democrat voters with, they, they actually believe, but won't admit to their Trump-supporting friends. Hmm. I'll call back on the Bill Maher clip a couple of weeks ago and clump with this. I don't think Bill or James are having any change of heart, he puts in quotes. I think these are the typical Democrat voters actual believe, but won't admit to their Trump supporting friends. Ah, I see what you're saying. Yes, I think you're right, Dan. Thank you. I took me a couple of seconds to get that one. Yeah, you're saying that a lot of Democrats, typical Democrats, 
are, are actually upset about this wokeness going too far, right? But they don't want to say that because they're afraid that, oh, wow, Dan, this is actually very good. Thank you. I'm sorry. It took me a couple of seconds to get it, but I get where you're going with this. Thank you so much. This is showing the division that we have. It's are you with us or against us? So, so many Democrats think I kind of got to be woke because if I'm not woke, then I'm a Trump supporter. And most Democrats hate Trump. So they don't want to be a Trump supporter, but they don't want to be woke. So now what do they do? They don't want woke police, but they don't want Trump. So what do they do? They keep their mouth shut and stay in Democratic camp. So or or they begin to call themselves independent. Man, have I seen so many of those. I have seen so many Democrats all of a sudden become independent. What independent means, I hate wokeness, but I still hate Trump. Like they haven't stopped hating Trump, but they hate wokeness too. So like, now what do I do? They're kind of hanging out in the middle. Dan, it's a very good point. Thank you for that. Roy says, we the people do not reject either party. We rejected Trump. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there's something to that. There's something to that. Republicans and libertarians need to decide whether they too reject Trump because he's the path of the future. You know, it's it's a it's a valid point also, Roy. And I think this is what this is what I think made the left this is what gave the left the hubris to go as far left as they've gone. This is my my personal opinion. I have no data on this, so take it for whatever you want. Most of the people who voted for Biden, not all, some people love Biden or loved Biden, but most didn't love Biden when the election came. Most people who voted for Trump voted for Biden hated Trump. That is what united the left. It didn't matter if you were far left, center left, middle of the road left, whatever you were. If you were left, hating Trump was the united. That's one thing Trump did very well for the left. He united them against him. They hate, they still do. That hasn't changed. They still hate Trump, but they hated him before and they united them together. And then people who won the right who didn't like Trump said, what am I going to do? I don't want to vote for Trump. I want to try to win my party back. I right, fine. I'll vote Democrat this round. And I'll see if either I can change the Democrat Party, bring it more, bring it more right, or I'll vote Trump, I'll vote Biden down, and then rush back to the Republican Party and try to fix it. And that was a smaller chunk. But that coalition, I think, made the far left go, oh, now they love us. They love us. See, they voted for us, not against Trump. And I believe that is completely false. I think, Roy, you are correct. Most people who voted against Trump were rejecting Trump. They weren't going, Biden and wokeness is the best. They weren't doing that. But they kind of find themselves stuck now. Well, if only there was a third party who could take advantage of this and get some of those people to their side. Hmm, I would say there is. I hope more people are paying attention to said third party. Yes. My two cent, thank you, my two cent, says the defund the police was too easy to attack. Yeah. Right, yeah. The committee in which the police serve are falling apart at the human community um, while the police have billions of dollars for budgets. If there is a suit, the the calm have to pay for it. And uh, the community has to pay for it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of issues with that. Um, and I and I uh, look, I have been more than forward. I'm about without question, I'm about police reform, not defunding the police, but you gotta reform them. And you only reform the police forces for the people who are unhappy with how they're policed. Not everybody's unhappy with how they're being policed. Some people, some communities, totally happy with their police force. Awesome. Don't change it. If you're good with your police force, on you. But instead, right, move instead towards actual reform, not just defunding. Defunding was a terrible idea. I completely agree. So 
Let me let me let me wrap this up. A couple more minutes. Wanna, after this pandemic and stuff, people want to go about their lives. They want to enjoy it. They want to enjoy their friends. Yep. They don't want to be nervous about how you address them or talk to them or anything. Yep. And you know that's that's just where people are. And, and people have gotten fired over this. Yes. But people have lost their jobs over over retweeting academic research. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, time and time again, you hear this from everybody. Yep. And of course, people say, I don't want to say anything because I'll lose my job. Well, it so happens that mm -hmm. I'm just at a point like that. There's nothing to cancel me from, so I don't care. Now, I got to grab a couple of points that he brings. And man, Carvel's on. He's he's right. I know, Jimmy, you don't like him. I got it. But help, stay with me, Jimmy. He's given us gold. I know you don't like him, but hear what he's saying. He's still correct. Someone can be a jerk and still be correct. I have been both. So, and I've also been a jerk and been incorrect. And I've been nice and been incorrect. So being nice and, be, and being correct are not, you know, they, they're not, they're, they're, they can be, uh, they're not mutually exclusive, right? You can, you can, you can, you can be separate, right? Absolutely. So in any case, I apologize. Let me move on. What he's saying here is several fold. He's saying people don't want to be afraid of saying anything. So they're not. They don't want to be afraid of being canceled, right? They don't be afraid of being fired. Now I hear the argument from the left constantly and the right. The right goes, everybody's being canceled. That's not true. Everybody's not being canceled. And the left goes, come on. It's not everybody. Being it's just, you know, it's just the, it's just the market saying they don't like it or something like that. Those are the two arguments that, that on the side that both here, both of those are incorrect arguments. They're incorrect. What's actually happening is we are creating an internal voluntary secret police. That's what we're creating. The woke police, the language cops. That's what we're creating. This is a terrible precedent for us. We're going to create undergrounds and a revolt. So people aren't saying these because they're afraid. How are you going to be effective or good at your job, at work, in your relationships with friends if you're afraid to, to say what you want to say? That's a problem. Now, if you're saying, well, Larry, there should be social consequences. I agree. I'm with you. You start saying bad stuff. I've already call you something bad in return. I don't like your 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 uh, MAGA hat or your BLM shirt. If I want to say something, I should say, I don't like your MAGA. I don't like your BLM. I don't like it. Whatever. Fine. You can. Absolutely. But that doesn't affect your livelihood. That doesn't affect your ability to live your life, your ability to pay your bills, your ability to support your family or friends or your lifestyle. It doesn't affect that. You just feel bad in the street because you're wearing the wrong hat or wrong shirt in the wrong area. Oh, well, you're human. That's fine. You get yelled at. I get yelled at all the time. It's fine. That's not a bad thing. That's people saying stuff. But when you start losing your ability to, to survive and function, now you're creating an environment of terror, fear, real worry. And he's right. So what's the return? You either shut up or this is fight or flight. Fight or flight mode kicks in, right? Flight means you shut up and say nothing. Or fight what Carpel said. He said, I don't care. So now what are you doing? You're finding people creating their own platforms creating their own areas so they don't have to care anymore. When, when, when this type of totalitarianism pops in, what winds up happen, what winds up happening is the woke police become our neighbors. We become afraid. We become angry. And then we strike back. And then we don't care. As one side pushes, you create the opposite. When, when it felt like the right was being aggressive and being MAGA and yelling and screaming. You pushed more people left. Now the left is pushing wokeness. We're right. We're, we're doing all these things and you're pushing more people right. 
Guys like Carvel are going to be like, I don't care. I'll say whatever I want. Go to hell. The response to when Carvel says something bad is not going to be, you know what? I'm sorry. I thought his response is going to be F you. And that's going to be more and more a common response. That was basically Trump's response. As you push people that way, the response is not going to be conversation. The response is going to be double down F you. We're going to call the wrong person a racist or a, 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 a bigot or a misogynist. And he's not going to go, oh, my God, what was I thinking? He's going to go, yeah, and go to hell. Bye. F you. And people are going to rally around him or her, probably him, but him or her. And then F you. Bye. Get away. I don't care what you think. You've lost. You're not converting. You're continuing the perpetual war. And I would ask you, if you're on the left or the right, who benefits? from perpetual war, only the elites. That's it. The average American suffers in war. The average elitist, they're able to have lots of growth during war. As we stay in perpetual civil war, whether that war is a hot war or a cold war or a, a, a culture war, nothing actually gets fixed. Nothing gets fixed. We keep fighting. The elites keep getting stronger and nothing gets better. Do what you want to do. Is your is is your level of concern about the the wokeness issue and the way that it plays such that you think it could cost the Democrats control of the House in the midterm elections? Yep. It almost did in 2020. That was my point. We did not do well. Mm -hmm. And and any analyst I talk to, any politician I talk to, ascribes it to the same thing. And. Absolutely true. You know, ask uh, Congressman Gallego from, from Arizona. So let me let me wrap that piece up. You guys get what I was bringing up and why I thought it was important. Let me grab a couple more comments if I could. So, um, Dan, exactly. Thank you, Dan. You're reading my mind. It's all about hate. Nobody has a plan for anything. Yeah. Well, some people do. A couple people do. Libertarians usually. Yes. We actually have a plan, but no one else seems to have a plan. They just fall, fall into culture wars and now nothing gets solved. Absolutely. Totally true. So, Carl was a goofball. Yeah, but, you know, he's made himself alive to where he can be that, right? Good for him. Good for him. He's made it to where he can do it. Absolutely. Charlie says, the woke and other totalitarian leading people will destroy themselves, but may finish up the rest of us in the process. Charlie, thank you. Yes. Yes, Charlie. That's exactly right. You know, it's amazing how so many people claim to be liberal, which is now a corrupted word, are increasingly fascist slash authoritarian, However you like to describe it. Yeah, it's my form, right? As long as my guy has his boot on the neck, it's good. It's my guy's boot. Yes, absolutely. Adam says, great analysis, Larry. I can see that dynamic. Thank you. I I'm glad. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Matt says, the left will alienate you if you don't have clear facts to back up your argument. If you have the facts, just ignore you and refuse to engage. Matt, I, I hate to I hate to, to, to be so stereotypical. But you're right. I see it all the time. I see it constantly. I have tried to engage with both the left and the right consistently. I've done my best. I've reached out to them. My team has reached out. And consistently, the left alienates, ignores me, does not want to engage. Now, recently, they've been better, which I'm so happy. I've been getting more people to engage in the left. I'm trying to bring more of the left into a libertarian camp. I'm trying to. It's been very difficult. Most of them simply ignore or just refuse. Or when you, if you have, what they'll do is there'll be four facts I'll provide. One may not be crystal clear or may be wrong even, or may not fit the scenario perfectly, but three will be on the money. 
They will only focus on the one, hammer that one and go, nope, you're wrong. Nope, you're wrong. See? See, you're an idiot because this, you said it was October 30, 1935 and it was September 1935. So clearly you're an idiot. I can ignore you. That's a common type the left has used against me. And he goes on to the right. Matt says, the right will pick one angle of an argument and beat it to death and just talk over you until they frustrate you into walking away unless you can see their point. Also true. When the, when the right comes at me, the right, the, right, the right wants to own the lib. That's what the right would. They will come at me hard, yelling, angry. That kind of thing. Um, but I don't care. I want both to come to me. But the right will, will come, acro come across very aggressive with me usually. It's because this, boom, boom, boom. The left will, will, will treat me like I'm an idiot, which is, which is I don't mind. I, I just want them to engage. I, I don't care how you engage with me. You can come yelling and screaming. You can come call me an idiot. Totally fine. I, I just think that I want them to engage. And the left has been harder until recently. Recently, I've had much better engagement with the left. I appreciate that. But a lot of this is about free speech, isn't it? Why do I say that? Because I want you to head on over to the censorship and free speech survey. Yes, that's a commercial. Look, I have a sponsor. I want you guys to support my sponsor, theadvocates.org. Head on over to that. Click that link that is in the actual show description and take that censorship and free speech survey. Please take the survey, complete the survey. And when it's completed, please share it. Complete it and share it. It makes my sponsors happy, which makes me happy. I can try to put some cash into the show so I can have better quality, everything to the best of my ability. You probably, some of you saw Saturday night when all of my audio crashed Saturday night. We're going to be fixing that and getting that uh, that that's a conversation uh, upcoming up here soon. So yes, but I, you want to help me on that one? Do me a favor. Take care of my sponsors. Or if you've got some cash, head over to patreon.com slash sharpway and throw me 10 bucks a month, 25 bucks a month so I can get some more people to do more, some more work here to make this a better show. I'm trying to make this a better and better show, but no matter what, what always helps, like, comment, and share. And tonight, if you would, if you haven't already, head on over to YouTube, the Sharp Way YouTube, not Larry Sharp YouTube, the Sharp Way YouTube, and subscribe so that I can get more subscribers in case I get canceled with the woke police. That does happen. I have other places to go. It does matter. So thank you so much. Let me grab uh, a couple of these. I'll, I'll start going you know, out of, I'll start taking other questions not just uh, on this topic. All right, so here, let me see here if I can deal with this. Uh, let's see here. Um, off topic, Larry, what do you think of Dave Smith leading the LP for Prez? You think he's leading the LP for Prez? I'm not sure what that, are, are you saying him running for the presidential nominee in 2024? I'm not sure, let me, let me cover both topics. I don't think he's leading the LP for Prez right now. I don't think that's true. Um, I don't know if anybody's leading right now, um, only because it's too early. So I don't know if that's true. And I think it is a little bit too early to be thinking about our 2024 nod. And the reason why I say it is I've played this game more than once. If you know, I've been involved in this more than once. There's probably not going to be an incumbent. I don't think Biden's going to run again. And then therefore there's no incumbent. So it's, if, if Trump runs again, then it's him, but he won't be considered an incumbent. Um, or there'll be some other Republican if Trump doesn't want to run. Um, or, and maybe uh, Kamala will run, or they'll challenge her if they think, whatever. But it won't be an incumbent. Whenever there's no incumbent, the only other party that has 50 ba ballot access, access for these 50 state ballot access is going to be the LP. That means all the wannabes are going to come to us. 
we are going to have no doubt two, three, four different people thinking about jumping on board. All of a sudden, you know, I don't know, Bloomberg's going to want to be a libertarian or whomever is the, the person of the day is going to want to, you know, become a libertarian all of a sudden. Mark Cuban is going to want to be a, a libertarian. And you might go, well, why does that matter, Larry? Because you have a lot of money and they are going to spend a lot of money to make it happen. They're going to throw a lot of money into advertising and such. They're going to start running early. We don't know who's in the lead right now. We just don't. I, and I don't think Dave is in the lead. I, I, I could be wrong. I think it's too early to say. I don't think he's in the lead. Um, but good for him. Let him run. Uh, he's got, give or take, three years um, to be a, a good, powerful candidate with good infrastructure and good policies. Hopefully, he'll get there. Good luck. Um, but I, I, I think it's just too early, only because I've seen this before. I hope that answers your question. Um, and we are going to, and 2024 for us, a lot of different people are going to be running. We're going to have, what if Tulsi Gabbard says she wants to be libertarian all of a sudden? I mean, just, there's going to be tons of people trying to become, our, get our nomination. I just, I just see it. I don't see it being, you know, oh, someone announced early and therefore they got it. Don't see that at all, at all. So I hope that was clear. So Frank says, Carva is correct on everything, but his idiotic assessment of former President Trump. Trump got over 75 million votes. How many did Biden legitimately get? No, um, he, that's my point, Frank. I mean, many times you'll see me put people up. I just one of the reasons why I'm sure Jimmy was upset because Carville can be a jerk. No question. And he can be wrong. I'm saying in this case, I'm a big fan of not shooting the messenger. Lots of people are against me on that one. They immediately go, oh, it's this guy. Therefore, he's wrong. And I go, no, it's this guy. Therefore, he is biased in his solutions and his viewpoint, it doesn't mean that the data he's coming out with is incorrect. So I will very often listen to people who I don't like or would, would never follow, but they have the, they have good data. And to your point, he's correct and everything else. So let's pick that piece. In fact, after this, after this, I cut this part out, you probably saw it. The actual interview at the end, he just insults Trump for like a minute. I didn't bother putting it because there's no value to that. So I didn't show that part, but you're right. He just insults Trump for like a minute afterwards. So thank you. Benjamin says, Larry, I think I was always libertarian. I just didn't know I was. I voted Democrat mostly for social issues and being anti-Bush because of the Iraq war. Cuomo and this shove it down your throat stuff wokeness had me alienated. Look at that. Thank you, Benjamin. Little you got alienated. Yes. I know lots of Democrats who've been alienated. I got to tell you, though, when, when Trump, particularly his first running, there were so many mainstream Republicans who just hated Trump. They were like, that's not my party. I want to go back to Bush Cheney. I mean, they wanted they wanted Bush Cheney Republican Party. And those people were really unhappy. Many of them came over anyway. Like, you know what? It's not a Democrat. I'll, I'll hold my nose and I'll vote Trump. But there were a chunk of them that felt a little alienated. I don't think Trump was actually as bad alienating because I feel like this is the difference between, I think the two. Trump could be alienating, but it wasn't personal. And what I mean by that is Trump wouldn't go, Benjamin, you people are jerks. He didn't do that. What he said was, I'm right. I'm right. I'm this. And that brashness turned some people off. But it wasn't you're bad, you're evil. It was I'm this awesome guy. And some people just don't like that. And it turned them off. Makes sense. The left is more like you're not good enough. You're not good enough. It's a different type of alienation. And I feel like as a party, the right can recover and get those other people back easier than the left can. That's my view. I could be wrong. Dan says, I must be racist then because I no longer fear that word or because the word racist is applied so broadly doesn't mean anything anymore. 
Dan, you are knocking out of the park this evening. Thank you for your responses. Yes, that's what's happening now. The word racist, because it's used so often, it's starting to not have the same amount of power. It's starting to be like, ah, everybody's racist now. Everything's racist now. That's what's happening. We're not there yet. Right now, it still has power, particularly in people who are of any type of, of social status that makes any sense, right? Any of that, that social status is still powerful. But I think you're right. Then it is losing its power. And that the average person, if you call the average person a racist and you go, oh, you did this thing, they're like, shut up, stop. You're getting a lot more of that. The word is losing its power. I think you're right because it's being used too much on things that just aren't. And I, and I brought the issue up last week, the idea of something being racial versus racist, right? The idea of DC becoming a state. Clearly, it is a racial component because there are so many black people in D.C. Correct. But the fact that it's not a state is not racist. There is a racial component to it because there are so many black people there. Sure. Makes sense. I'm not I'm not against discussing there's a racial component. OK, there is. Does it make it racist if you vote for or against it, though? It might make it selfish if you want to make sure you get your two senators or the other guys don't. That could be selfish. That's not racist, though, because. If those people were, say, for example, I don't know, they were um, the the say the say the the area was filled with left leaning hipsters, white guys with dreads. That'll drive people crazy, right? So it's filled with right. They're white, but they're all left leaning liberals. The feeling would be the same on both sides, and it wouldn't be anything, have anything to do with race. Would that be racist? No, it's rate is a racial component because of how it exists. It doesn't make it racist. There's a difference. Um, Joe says, 100% true. Thank you, my friend. Brian, saw a great meme today. Sick until proven healthy is just as tyrannical as guilt until proven innocent. Ooh, interesting idea. I think the argument there would be, though, if I'm sick, I can affect others. If I'm guilty, I can't. I think that's the argument. Am I right? Right. If, if, I'm, if I'm sick and you don't act accordingly... Right. If I am sick and you don't act accordingly, do I affect others? If I'm guilty and I, and I don't have to do I affect others? It depends on my crime, right? If my crime is going out killing people, I guess yes. If my crime is, I don't know, smoking weed, no, I don't know. Interesting idea. Yeah. Matt says, after what they did, to, they did to Tim Scott, the left should be embarrassed. If you agree with him or not, what they were doing on Twitter was shameful. Um, but don't they have to? Don't they have to? I'm not. There's a difference between explaining and excusing. I'm not excusing. I'm explaining, right? If someone says, hey, Jim, why did you murder your wife? Well, she was cheating on me, so I murdered her. Okay, that explains it. Doesn't excuse it, but ex now I, I see the cause and effect, right? Okay, you got mad because she cheated, so you killed her. Okay, I, you've explained how it happened. It's still wrong and excusable. You still be, should be punished for it. But at least now I understand what's happening. And what I'm saying is, I think the explanation is obvious. You kind of can't let that go, can you? My gut is, that was done on purpose by Republicans. And I feel bad if Tim Scott didn't know that. I hope he knew it. Because I think they sent that guy out to be ambushed. And then they could respond to the ambush like you did, Matt. You're like, what they did to do. Like, it's working for you. I don't think that was, you know, by mistake. I think they threw him out there on purpose 
And from my point of view for, for, for Tim Scott, I hope he knew and was like, I'll take one for the team. I hope he was like, I got you. Uh, I got to go out there and get shot up. As, as I got I got to be the bait to draw the attack so that we can counterattack. I'll do it. I hope he thought that. I hope they didn't throw him out there and he didn't know any better. That's all I can say. But I think this was done on purpose. It's just obvious. You're going to have a black Republican say America is not a racist country. The left is going to be like, get him. I mean, <laughs> it's red meat. You, they're not going to just let that go. Impossible. It's just, it's impossible. It's asking like a dog to not just a cat or something. I don't know. It's impossible. So I just hope that Tim knew. I don't know. I've, I have no way of knowing if he did. I hope he did. Tom Stewart says, I listened to NPR in the truck to stay awake. This came from a Democrat. But I'm not mad at him. Tom, I'm not mad at him. If you like NPR, man, enjoy it. I love it. Go do that. All good. The Washington Werewolf says, emotional intelligence will be a key component to winning. It always is. It always is. Yes, you're correct. That's what I teach all the time. Tony says, Larry, I vote on facts. I look for the best uh, uh, person for the job. Doubt me, I vote for you for governor. Thank you, Tony. Sadly, your, your, your example proves my point. You are a minority. Only 2% of people voted for me for governor. You were one of 2%. You are not the norm. I'm happy you are who you are. Please keep being who you are. I'm just saying the average person voting is not like, if, if the average New Yorker actually said, let me do some homework and find the person who actually has policies to try to make my state better. I was the obvious candidate. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm super cool. I do think I'm super cool, but that's not why I'm saying it. It is clear. If you demonstrably look at it, who had policies that were going to actually help the state? Mine were absolutely there, online, clear. I spoke about real issues. How are we going to fix them? Molinaro, who was the Republican there, his whole campaign was, Cuomo's corrupt. We all knew. And Cuomo's whole thing was, I'll defend you from Trump. That was their entire campaign, both sides. No policies. That was their entire campaign. So if people as a whole voted on only facts, I'd be the governor now. Clearly they don't. So thank you for being who you are, but I think you've proved my point. I got 2% of the vote. There's, there's your logic, 2%. So not good enough. Yes. John says, Carver has gotten old. Carver was the original Clinton apologist. Yes. Talking point spreader and excuse maker. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the reasons why Jimmy doesn't like him, right? He, Carver was about victory no matter what. He's like, maybe he's more like Steve Bannon. If that makes any sense. Steve Bannon's like victory no matter what. Whatever we got to do to win. Carver's the same for the left. Whatever it is. I don't care. Whatever it takes. Got to get rid of the Republicans. We'll do what it takes. And I think that's where Carver's always been. And he was there when Clinton. He was like, Clinton's Democrat. Therefore, Clinton is good. That's exactly how Carver thinks. Clinton equals Democrat equals good. Period. Whatever we do, whatevs, doesn't matter. This is war. I think you're right. He was that way. It still is. But to my point, it doesn't make him wrong here. It doesn't make him wrong here. Just understand where his head's going to be when he spend, takes a rant talking about how evil Trump is. That's it. Um, Frank says the Republican Party is a branch of the Democratic Party. That is a branch of the new Socialist Party. The Librarian Party needs to come alive. I think you mean Libertarian, but that's fine. I've called Librarian before too. Uh, needs to come alive and strike while the taking is good. I would agree. The problem that Libertarian Party has had and still has is we have a lack of talent to attack the entire country. There just aren't enough of us, right? We have talent. 
just not enough. We don't have enough talented people who know how to fundraise and debate and, you know, um, and knock on doors and all those things that are required to move forward in every state. Could we rush them in one state or two states or three states? Yeah, we have enough of that. We just don't have enough bodies. It's hard for us to do that. I think you're right. Difficult. And we don't have enough experience, right? We, if you look back and we also don't talk to each other, which is even worse. We talk to each other about, about fighting in theory, but not about actually fixing things. When you look, look in 2016, as an example, uh, we had a couple of decent campaigns, but really only one or two that were really rocking and rolling across the state. One or two, that's across the country. Only one or two. 2018, yeah, one or two. That's it. Across the entire country. Mine was the biggest one in 2018. Uh, 2020, I mean, most of our, none of our campaigns were that big. They, some of them were more popular. They were, um, but two or three, they were popular. That's about it. So it's tough to build out on that. And once we start getting too popular, then our people get plucked and Democrats, Republicans pick them. So it's hard. You're correct. And it's hard. I'm trying, right? I'm trying. Yes. So. Tom says, when he said on that show, they don't say Latinx. Oh, yes. You know what? They did bring that up. You know what? I, thank you, Tom. I'm going to bring that piece up. I didn't want to keep going because he, he just thought he's yelling at Trump. But you know what? You're right. Let me thank you, Tom. Let me bring that up right now. I'm going to bring that piece up. He does then go on to the Latinx piece that you were talking about. Thank you for that. Let me do that right now. Bring that piece up. Univision does, does not allow the word Latinx on the ad. Yep. Why? Because it's trying to get viewers and advertisers and no one talks like that. <laughs> yes. Except for the speech enforcers. Yes. Thank you, Tom. Brilliant. You remembered it. I, look at you, man. You are ah, awesome. Um, so yes, I I I I should have gone further for that. That's he literally Carville says, why are you saying Latinx? They don't the, the Latin people don't say it. Why are you saying it? And look, you're 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 giving fuel for the right. My left friends, my left friends, you are giving fuel for the right to yell at you. Why why in the world would white people tell Latin people or Latino or Latinx or Hispanic people how to speak their own language, what to call themselves? I will say it. How dare you, white man? Don't do that. Let let people who are Hispanic call themselves what they want to call themselves, whatever that is. I rarely use the phrase African-American. Sometimes I do. Usually I say black. I get to pick. I'm black. I get to pick. You don't get to tell me what I get to call myself. You just don't. I don't tell you what you call yourself. You call yourself that, right? This is not what we should be doing. It's terrible that we're trying to push Latinx. I'm not saying I'm against Latinx. Again, I'm not. I'm not. But does the Hispanic population in our nation want to address itself and self-identify as Latinx? If they do, I'm in. Fine. Address yourself how you want to be addressed. I'm in. But they don't. They don't. This is left elites telling them what they should call themselves. Come on, man. There's no one using folks with an X. Stop. Just stop. Wow. Just stop. You're 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 making people say, what are you stupid? What's wrong with you? If you're actually saying folks with an X instead of KS, 
that's unnecessary virtues and it just makes you look stupid. Like you look dumb saying, do it. And that's what he means. So Tom, thank you for that, my friend. I'd forgotten that he had said that. Univision doesn't say Latinx. We shouldn't say Latinx. I'm not Hispanic. I don't get to pick what Hispanic people are called. I don't get to pick that. People who are Hispanic get to pick that. If they choose that, we're good. If they don't, I'm not using it. They don't want me to use it. Done deal. So yes, thank you, Tom, for that. That was that was great. Um, Adam says, you're the best, Larry. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, 100%. Um, Aaron says, in the time of strike was 2016, and <laughs> Bill Weld vouched for Hillary. <laughs> do, you, do you have to rub it in, Aaron? You know, I lost that shot at VP by 31 votes. I'm not counting, Aaron. You're counting. Stop. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. 31 votes. So what? Stop saying 31 votes, Aaron. Um, so I, I lost that vote uh, by 31 votes. I, I, I couldn't be the uh, VP. Here's what I promise. If I had been the VP, I would not have vouched for Hillary. Whatever I might have done screwing up or doing good, I would not have vouched for Hillary Clinton. That I can tell you I would not have done. So, yes. Matt says, feelings made a whole bunch of people forget Biden had a hand in the 84 and 94 crime bills. Yes. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, my friend. Facts didn't matter at all to people. Yes. Forget he was chair of the Foreign Relations Committee while the CIA was selling crack to black communities to fund shadow wars in Central America. Yes. Forget he backed the no child left behind policy. Makes him ignore that he is pushing the 1033 military program more than any other previous president or that is wanting to ban menthols to protect black community sounds so racist. Yes, 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 and yes. That's my point. That is exactly my point. Tony, I'm not mad at you, brother. I love you. I'm, I'm happy that you're logical and voting on facts. But I'm just saying Tom's right. The majority of people just don't. They let their feelings decide that. They just do. That's that's how it works. And we should accept that as true. I'm not saying that we should be happy about it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying we should accept that it's true. And then the person's earlier point, social and emotional intelligence matters. Emotional intelligence matters. Absolutely. Yes. So Drew says, by the impeachment trials, you could tell what the rest of the party thought of him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And the, the elites, the elites were always against, the elites in the Republican Party were always against Trump and still are. That hasn't changed. They haven't had a change of heart. They didn't like him back then. They still don't like him now. That hasn't changed. So that's the issue. The question is, will the elites, in, will the elites in the Republican Party believe that Trump is their only way to victory or the way for them to get what they want? If they believe that, they'll get behind Trump again. If they don't believe that, they will sabotage. It all depends on what they believe. And they're going to look at things like polling and other things like that. And they're going to decide, do they think Trump is the guy who will get them what they want? If That's what they did last time when they said, whoa, we bet this Trump guy. We get the judges that we want. We get the rulings that we want. Huh. All right. Didn't like him, but I'll back him because they got what they wanted. They will, the, the, the elites will only back Trump if they think that they'll get what they want. Otherwise, they're going to go against him. So anyway, Frank says the woke wants to defund the police to the point of unhealthy anarchy. Um, that's not what they want. That may happen. That's not what they want. I think most people who want to defund the police, one of two things is true. One, I think they're following what Matt's talking about. It's just emotional. I'm angry and I want to do something. See, defund the police feels like I'm punishing the cops. So let's go do that. I think that's one chunk. There's another chunk though. And that chunk is they honestly believe 
If they defund the police, then the, the money will be now filtered to social programs that will make things better. First, that the social programs don't work to make things better. And two, that's not how things work. Defunding the police just means we'll still raise more taxes and there'll still be bad policies. And I just have angry police. So I don't think they, I'm not saying you're wrong that it may go there, Frank. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they don't think that. They either aren't thinking, they're just mad, which is emotion, back to our earlier point, or they believe that social programs will fix it, even though social problems have never fixed it. Programs, I'm sorry, have, have never fixed it. So um, the Washington World says social media tunnel visions, people. Ooh, I think you're right. Um, I think you're right. It really Because we, just, we start seeing the same thing, which is why I am trying, guys. I hope it's working for me to throw a bunch of different types of people on this show to not tunnel vision you. For those of you who may feel tunnel visioned, I hope I'm not the tunnel vision part. But I, it's, a, it's a valid point. Yes. Might be wrong, says no one united the left more than Trump. Yes, absolutely. They were united against Trump completely. I saw it in the streets of New York last year and the year before. I saw it. They were united against Trump. I saw it in 20, 2018 even. They were united against Trump more than ever in 2020. But I even saw it in 2018. And I think the, the far left thought, oh, it's because they love us. No, Roy was right because they hated Trump. Absolutely. Um, Rebecca says, the latest woke police fight in the news I heard was that people were upset at Disneyland's new Snow White ride because it has a non-consensual kiss. Wow. Wow. Wow, okay. Yeah, uh, exactly. Let's, you know what? Let's cancel everything. I mean, th that's the problem, right? We're gonna cancel everything. It, It's a fairy tale, literally. It is a fairy tale. So that's a fairy tale that has a non-consensual kiss. So it's a fairy tale. I don't know, but I'll go one step further. I go one step further. The average woman who is interested in a male to marry, if he gets kissed by somebody and he is a wealthy, powerful, handsome male, she's probably not that mad. Just saying. She's probably not. He's a single, sorry, a single, wealthy, attractive, powerful male. She's not that unhappy. You know, she may not like it. But she's not really, she's like, well, okay. So what's next, big boy? She's probably like, okay, right, whatever. So I'm just saying, I mean, the whole idea is dumb, but even the premise, I mean, everything about that fight, Rebecca, is dumb. You know what you could do? Leave it alone completely and instead worry about the war on drugs. That would be a better thing or stop the forever wars. You could do that. I mean, that's an option. All of us have limited time in our day. All of us have limited energy in our day, right? It's a finite resource. You can only do certain things in your day. So you could get online and scream and yell about Disneyland, Disneyland Snow White, or you could get, you could get your, um, your congressman to push the president to take the cannabis off schedule one or to end all the wars, not just Afghanistan. You could do that instead. Just saying, lots of to deal with. That's kind of a big one. Yeah. So, yes. So, all right. Uh, let's see here. John says, in the middle of moving further left as older voters die off and younger, uh, is the middle moving further left as older voters die off and younger voters populate more. Um, I think the country does tend 
to move left in general, but it moves left slowly, usually slowly just moves. If you look, if you, there's an old saying, the Republican Party is the Democrat Party. No, hold on. Yeah, the Republican Party is the Democrat Party 40 years ago. That 40 is no longer true. Now it's more like 10 or 20 years ago, right? It's, it's going back. The Democratic, the Republican Party is just slowly trying to hold on to whatever it possibly can. So it winds up moving left as a general rule. That's the concept, right? Um, so I think we do slowly move left because culture tends to, right? Youngsters tend to move left, but there tends to be a balance, right? Because as younger voters who tend to be more left, as they get older, they tend to move right. Older people tend to be more conservative. That's not a 100% rule. That is a tendency. Usually happens as we get older, we tend, as humans, we tend to get more conservative. So that tends to happen. We, While the old ones are dying off, we're also having lots of people who are living longer. So if you began to become, say, conservative, say, for sake of example, in your 40s, as an example, well, if you were dying at 60, you got 20 years of conservatism. Well, if you're dying at 80, you get an eight, 40 years of conservatism, and you're probably even getting it longer. You're probably getting more conservative. That's a common thing. That as people get older, they become more conservative. So I think as we have older voters who are living, we, 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 we have a very slow drift. And I'm not against a slow drift left at all. I'm not, I'm not against a slow drift left. The problem is you got to be able to now stop it and check it. Culture will often slowly move left. Government shouldn't be powerful enough to deal with that issue. And that's our bigger issue. The problem is government then decides to make, to codify culture in law. It shouldn't. It should allow culture to move and law to be basically the same, which is don't take people's stuff, don't hurt people, and we'll be okay. So, um, Nicholas says, it appears to me that this administration has moved further and faster left than I could have ever imagined. Um, hmm. Do you mean because it's Biden? I mean, if Bernie had won, I think we'd already have single payer on the on the floor. I think we already have uh, 15 minimum wage on the floor. So if you're saying it could have imagined from a Democratic administration, I'm not sure I would buy that. But from Biden? Yeah, maybe. Right. I, I could see Biden moving further than I, than I thought. I think some of that's true. But to be forward, Biden, and it's because Biden actually is not a leftist or rightist to what the other, uh, uh, was it Danny? Was No, it was Matt. It was about him in the past, right? Was it, I forgot who, who mentioned earlier. Uh, it was Matt, I think. Matt was talking about how uh, Biden has done lots of things that were right in the past that or were left in the past. He's gone both ways. He hasn't thought twice. Biden's a get-along guy, right? Biden's like, what do I believe now? I believe that. What gets me elected? Let's do that. What, what is popular? That's what I am. That's what Biden is. He's not He's not a leftist. That makes any sense. He's a whatever it is to get along. Bernie's an actual leftist. Like if Bernie was in charge, if he had won, he'd literally be just, okay, tear it all down. That's who he is. So if your point, Nicholas, is further left and fa faster and further than Biden, you thought Biden would have been, I could buy that. But then a Democrat? As far as Democrats go, Biden isn't crazy left. And you can tell. Because most Americans are kind of okay with Biden. He's doing decent in polling. He's doing de decent in people. I'm, I'm hearing people talking. The, 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 the arguments that are sticking on Biden aren't about him being a horrible leftist. Those aren't sticking. Those are bouncing off him. Those arguments aren't landing. 
he isn't a crazy leftist. Um, but yeah, I think further than I thought he would go. That part I would agree with. I didn't think he'd go as far as he is. But yeah, I thought he'd be far more mediocre. That's what I assumed. He'd be far more mediocre, yeah. So David says, I was a lifetime Democrat until the woke police took over and looked at history and couldn't go to the right. Ah, uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, okay. Yeah, no, uh, David, the amount of people who I know who, that's why Blexit is is a thing, right? If you look at, Trump got a, got a higher percentage of black voters to vote Republican than I think any of the presidential candidates in, in recent history. It's been, you know, since probably like, I don't know, Blinken or something, I don't know, forever ago, right? It's been a long time before that's happened, since that's happened. And I'm joking when I say Lincoln. Um, but my, my, my point is, it's been a long time ago. Um, but the issue is he didn't make more black people conservative. He actually got black conservatives to vote Republican. If you have a lot of black people in your family or friends, then you know the same thing I know, which is there are, there were not as much now, many black people who were conservative who would still vote Democrat. Because the emotion was, oh, Republicans hate me. Republicans are racist. Republicans aren't going to support me. So why vote for them? That was the emotion that came out. Back to our emotion piece, right? Republicans, you know, Democrats love me. Republicans hate me. So I'm just going to vote Democrat, right? Because even though, I'm, even though I'm conservative, that was the concept. Now what Trump did is he actually took that away. And now a lot of black conservatives said, why am I voting Democrat? I'm voting Republican. Republican. So I think that, that was the biggest chunk. It was black conservatives who began to actually vote Republican. And that actually, the, other, the things happen in, in the non-Black world is that many people who were on the fence Democrat were like, is this really who I am? And they went either independent or Republican, many more independent. So yes. All right. Um, let's see if I keep going. Joe says, if the Dems keep pushing horrible laws, the houses in it will flip really fast. I'm not sure if it's even the laws that matter as much, Joe. I mean, they don't have to, oh, okay, pushing, okay, not passing. Okay, yes, valid point. They don't have to actually pass the laws and not, see where you're going with that. You're correct. I, I miss. I misread that. You were. I thought you were saying passing horrible laws. You're right. They don't have to pass them. Just push them. It will put people into fear mode and they'll change. Absolutely. Frank says the political pendulum has swung too far to the left. If it does not swing to the middle, liberals lose everything. I think it's also true. Not everything. No, not everything. I, I, I think um, there's still going to be states that are going to stay Democrat. There's going to be cities that stay Democrat. That's not going to change. But I do think the federal level, they're going to suffer tremendously. I think that's true. Um, the, the problem is it's very easy once you've won the war to lose the peace. If that makes any sense, right? I've won the war. Now I lose the peace. An example would be the Allies after World War I, winning the war, losing the peace, creating World War II. The odds would maybe might be something like what we did with the Cold War. We won the Cold War, lost the Cold Peace, now we have Cold War II. So you lose the peace, which creates another war. And the problem right now is Democrats won the election. Now they're losing the war. They're losing the peace, right? You want to try to unite. You want to try to be better after a war to get people back in your world. And it's very hard to do sometimes, particularly when you're angry. Humans don't want them. They want to punish. That's what it is. They want to punish. Um, Jericho says, did you see Ted Cruz post today? He said to the woke CEO that when the time comes, you need help with tax breaks or regulatory change. I hope Democrats take your calls because we may not. 
Wow. Basically admitted to the bribe, but we all know happens. That's one of the best things I've ever heard Ted Cruz say. He's like, oh, you want tax breaks? You better stop voting Republican. <laughs> there we go. Look, Jericho, that's, that's right. That's, he's being honest at least. I like it. He's being honest. There we go. So, Washington World says, I support Trump, but his tweets were a liability. Freak a lot of people out. And that was my point. Yes, right? I, I, I totally get what you're, you're, you're right. That was my point. While Trump didn't necessarily literally say, you're a bad person, he had an, an, a, he had a personality that turned people off and on, right? If, if you're a big personality, you're easy to hate, easy to love. And Trump is a big personality, easy to hate, easy to love. And it turned people off. Totally right. The amount of Republicans I know who said exactly what you just said, I, in, particularly New York City Republicans, I know New York State Republicans in general, who'd be like, I wish they would just take his phone away. Just take his phone away. Someone grab his phone. Why is he tweeting? He's turning my friends up. My friends hate when he tweets. I'm like, yeah, the emotional piece. People don't like it. Doesn't feel good. They don't want to vote for him. Doesn't feel good. I know you guys are mad at me now. Oh my God. People vote on feelings. Yeah. Emotional intelligence. Critical piece. Yes. Tony says, LOL, Larry, I was independent before it was fashionable. Yeah, it wasn't cool back then. But yeah, now it is, I guess. This kind of, people are saying it. I hear it a lot. A lot. 75% of New York City is independent, in quotes. Yeah. Um, yeah, in theory. But you know, a lot of them, how New York is so biased. Some of you may not know this. New York City is so biased. Not the state. I mean, the state's biased too. But New York City is so biased that they send out notes, letters to every resident, literally saying, if you want any say in the mayor, you have to vote. You have to register Democrat, whether you're Democrat or not. So that if you vote Democrat, you'll then have a say in the, 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 the mayorship because the Democrat always wins the mayorship. Literally, my, my governor, His Majesty King Andrew Cuomo II, oh, hello, King, um, he literally said that we're going to pick a new mayor in June. We're going to pick a new mayor of New York City in June. The election's in November. Why would he say June? Democratic primaries in June. He's like, whoever's the primary is the mayor. That's what he said, just openly. So that's how biased my city is. I know, terrible. Pat says, it's very dangerous that both extremes go so far to their sides. And the further they go, the harder it is to come back to moderate. Yes, thank you. Pat, thank you. This is why you hear me constantly talk about the idea of a third party, libertarians. We are the only ones where people can both go to to have that connection. We're the bridge. We're the bridge. That's the issue. You're totally right. How do you come back from that without someone bringing you back, without a bridge? I think us as a party, we are that bridge. Joshua says, I think many progressives recognize the problems in our society as did Karl Marx. Yeah. and it's, I'm, Joshua, thank you for being so open-minded about that, right? Karl Marx and Marxism just absolutely bring up real problems. They do. It's just their solutions are terrible. But I, I completely agree. You, you can look even at Marx and go, yeah, you know, some of the problems he's saying, boom, yes, yes, oh, yes, problem. But it doesn't mean now we destroy everything. But you can at least look at and see, okay, I'm glad he brought the problems up. Now, how do we fix them? Whole different question. He, uh, Joshua continues, but the solutions are vague. They always say that, that their socialism is democratic and upholds liberty. Mm -hmm. I usually respond by asking how they maintain freedom while forcing them to live in a certain way, although we already let too much of that happen as it is. It's true. What I, you'll hear me often say is when people say, well, people should do X or Y. 
And I go, yeah, I think they should. That's true. They should. You know, yeah, see, so we'll pass a law. Oh, see, passing a law is no longer should. I can should you all day. I can. Joshua, you should not smoke. Makes total sense. I'm right. You should not. Does that mean I then pass a law saying you can't? Massive difference. And I mean massive difference. You shouldn't drink too many sugary drinks. You shouldn't. I'm right. You shouldn't. Should I pass a law so you can't have soda anymore? And the problem is that's where that always goes, right? So I'll, I'll often ask them and I say, well, well, people should be kind and not say bad words. Yeah, you're right. They shouldn't be mean to people. That's true. They shouldn't. And I'll say, Joshua, you shouldn't be mean to people. The question becomes, what happens when they are? What happens when Joshua decides he wants to smoke or drink sugary drinks or be mean to somebody? Not physically, and that's the little stuff. He wants to yell at them or call them names or whatever. Or be mean on Facebook, whatever. He wants to do those things. What happens then? If they go, well, well, you know, then there'll be laws. So cops come? Well, yeah. And he goes to prison? Well, yeah. Now we got a problem. How does that help with freedom and liberty? At a conversation, this is probably a month ago, with a very young uh, communist uh, supporter. I'm talking like 18, 19. And he was uh, he was talking about how we have to privatize, you know, Amazon. I said, okay, you know, privatize Amazon. He's like, yeah, I got to privatize it, right? Got to got to got to break it up and privatize it. I said, okay, so you're gonna take Jeff Bezos' company? He's like, yeah. I said, okay, so um, does Jeff Bezos get to keep any of his money he has? Does he keep his money now and lose the company, or does he lose his money too? He goes, oh no no no, we get we're gonna take some of his money too, right? So we negotiate with him and decide how much money he has to keep. Straight face told me this. Yeah, of course. Decide how much money he gets. I said, okay, great. So he loses his company and he loses a chunk of his money. Maybe half, maybe more. He goes, yeah, probably more. Okay, got it. Good, no worries. Okay, great. Who does that? Yeah. I said, what happens if Jeff Bezos says no? Still, can't have my company. Can't have money. No. What happens then? Well, no, he'll have to. I said, but he says no. He says, no, you can't take my company. You can't take my money. No. What happens then? Well, he'll have to. No, no, he says no. Well, I say he goes to prison. He went, yeah, yeah, go to prison. So, okay, so Jeff Bezos goes to prison? Yeah, of course. I said, well, when you take the company and you put Jeff Bezos in prison, the odds are most of his executive team is not going to want to stay. At least half of them are either going to flee the company, country, or start competition, something like that. What about that? And his words to me were, no, they have to stay. I said, they don't, they don't want to stay. They have to stay. What if they don't want to stay? He didn't answer. I said, prison? Yeah. So Jeff Bezos and half his people go to prison. Yeah. And he's like having a conversation. I got to tell you, that doesn't seem in that world to at all assist with liberty. It just doesn't. But man, he was just like, boom, 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 boom. And it was like, okay, no worries. That's, that's how we do it here. All good. And the sad part is most of the time when you walk down that road, of Marxism, it almost always ends up with cops arresting you. The question I always ask is, what if someone says no? I ask all the time, what if someone says no? And in my world of should, right? In my world of should, if someone says, Mari, you know what? I should, I'm not gonna. What do I say? Okay. And then I have to. And if I want to, I feel really strong. I do it again. I do it again. You really should. 
And they either go, fine, I will, or they say, Larry, shut up. Both are okay. Both are fine. That's the difference. In my world, I have no problem shooting you. I can shoot all over you. I don't mind that at all. I just can't force you. That's the biggest issue that I have. And, and if, if my ideas are correct, if I'm a true leader, if I'm all those things, then I should be able, I should be able to convince you without having to force you. That's all I say. I really should. So, yes. All right. Um, Tony says, oh, sweet. Check out Larry Snowden poster. Yes, indeed. Eric Snowden. Snowden here. And this is my, my unit, my Marine Corps unit. This is 1980. Uh, I think this is 87. I think 87. Yes. I think, I think it's 87. If I'm not mistaken, it's 1987. Yes. So, and that's in, that's in Japan. That is uh, my unit in Japan, 1987. I think 87. 88. One of those two. 96. 87, 88. So, yes. Thank you for thank you for noticing. So, <clears throat> all right. Um, Aaron says thirty percent of us voted for an actress with no experience over Cuomo. If he had faced a real challenge, AOC, Gillibrand, Bloomberg, he might have lost the primary. Ooh, I'm not sure that's true, Aaron. He was very powerful. I'm not sure she had money, and she was popular. So maybe I don't know. Josh says racist and communist. Most overused terms by R's and D's when they don't want to discuss actual issues. Yes, I insult you, and now you just got to show up. Yes, yes. Dustin says, so the wokeness is based on the boy who cried wolf. Oh, my God, you are. Yes, Dustin. This is the biggest issue. Because racists and communists actually exist, to Josh's point. They do exist. They are things. There are racists. There are communists. They actually absolutely exist. So now for calling everybody racist and everybody communist, when the real racists show up and the real communists show up, whatever. No, no, no. This is a real racist. You should look. Whatever. You said racist for the last six people. You said racist for the last guy who, 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 you know, bought a taco from the supermarket instead of the local Mexican guy. You called him a racist. So why do I think that everyone else is racist? Ah, forget it. I think it's true. Yes. You're, it's, you're correct. Thank you, Dustin. You're exactly correct. Absolutely. So, oh yeah, he adds Nazi and socialist too. One hundred percent, everybody is. Yes, absolutely. Andrew says I called a racist by someone yesterday by walking to church. A group of people who were who were starting crap at a local business. I don't know if it was because I got the military high and tight haircut, but the city police were called, not by me, and thankfully nothing happened. I just last week got called a white supremacist. Yes, I did on Twitter. I got called a white supremacist on Twitter last week. So, yeah, I get it every I get it every week, Andrew. I know some of you are like, what? Yeah, literally happened. Got called out on Twitter. Yes. Thompson is not a Republican, but the racist invective thrown at Senator Scott has made the meaning of the word diminished. I wonder what they have in store for Miss Jenner. Oh, they're already beating up Jenner. They are beating up. They are beating up Jenner like there's no tomorrow. And the worst part about beating up Jenner, um, Caitlin, I'm sorry. You said Miss Janice. Thank you. Yes, Caitlin is. She's not going to win. So why just leave it alone? I, there is such value in just saying nothing. Just saying nothing. There's value in that. Clearly, I was unhappy with the Joe Jorgensen campaign. What did I say during her campaign? Nothing. I just shut up. 
Nothing. Done. I told people I was going to vote for her. And I did. That was true. I voted for Joe Jorgensen. I did not like the campaign. I thought it was a, not a good campaign. Did I go, go this campaign? No, I shut up. I said nothing. You can say nothing. When death of George, George Floyd, all of a sudden now, Chauvin's going on trial. Did I say anything about the trial? I said nothing until the trial was over. I didn't say anything about the Jorgensen campaign until the campaign was over. Jenner's not going to win. Caitlin's not going to win. It doesn't matter. Just say nothing. What I would ask anybody when you're going to say something, when you're going to open up your mouth and say something, is it helpful? If you think it's not helpful, why are you saying it? Because I got to stand up and call things out. No, you don't. No one has to. You don't. You want to, and that's okay. Your first amendment right. If you want to, you may. I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying it's not helpful. And I'm also saying you're not stuck and you don't have to call things out. You don't have to do this. That's self-righteousness. You can just say nothing. And if you don't like what Caitlin is doing, and because she's a Republican, which obviously by default, if you know that, that makes her evil, um, you could just say nothing. That's an option. There's bigger issues you can talk about. You could do that. So thank you for that, Tom. I, I, yes. Phil says, whoops, thoughts on critical race theory. This is the same as what we just talked about earlier. This is the same as the Carville piece. If you want to have a conversation on critical race theory, again, three PhDs in a faculty room talking about macro issues and concerns, great, have the conversation. Nothing wrong with that, right? The theory itself can have, can have value in an academic setting. Of course it can. Almost any theory in a deep conversation can have value, and it does. It absolutely does. The problem is now when you take that down to the next level, Phil, you just gave me one of I'm gonna do on my um one of my um videos this week. Thank you. I'm doing critical race theory. You guys are great. You give me I, every week on Monday. You guys give me ideas for the rest of the week. Phil, I'll, I'll do one on critical race theory. I will do one on that. Um, so we'll talk about that. But the the concept in general, it does have value in a purely academic setting. It absolutely does, as most theories have value in an academic setting. The problem is right to what Carville's saying. The Democratic Party is bringing academic conversations into the mainstream, and it just doesn't work. All it does is make things worse. It just makes things worse. Critical race theory is not helpful outside of academia. That's what I think of it. When you bring it outside of academia, it just makes things worse. It makes people feel like race is all that matters. It makes people feel like everybody's a racist. It makes people feel like they're less than. It makes people feel guilty and bad. It doesn't work in actual practice in the field. Leave it in academia. Leave it with the PhDs talking to the ivory towers. All good. Leave it there. Once you bring out what a disaster it is. I'll, you know what? Thank you. I will do a, a piece on that. I appreciate that. But one of the things about Nazis and socialists and all those things is what you heard me say before. And I will say it again. Do me a favor. Head over to the censorship and free speech survey and take it. It is my sponsor, theadvocates.org. Click the link that's in the description. There's a link right there. It's a bit.ly link. Click that link and go there. Take the survey, complete the survey, and share the survey. All of it matters. It's all good. Please do that. It makes them all happy. And something else, go over to the Sharpway YouTube and click subscribe so I have more subscribers. If I get canceled someplace from woke culture and they get me, I got to have other places to go. So please work on my YouTube page. Please do that and share that too if you don't mind. If you got some extra cash, do me a favor. 
head over to patreon.com. Click the link also in the description. Throw me 10 bucks, 25 bucks a month so I can have a better setup, spend more time fixing things. By the way, if you guys don't know, now, right now, podcasts up already. Put them up. Podcasts are up. TikTok is up. Yes, a TikTok. I know, crazy. We have TikTok now. It's up now. We're getting more and more stuff happening, and your support is helping. Patreon.com slash Sharpway lets us get out more places, gives us higher and better quality. We're working on more quality to the best of our ability. We're working on it. We're trying to make things better and better. Remember, I still have a day job. So I'm trying to make things work better and better to the best of my ability. So support me this way. And at a minimum, no matter what, like, comment, share. No matter what, that helps. So please do all those things so we can keep growing. It really, really does matter. All right. Um, Phil then says, um, thoughts on Indian uh, point nuclear power plant shutdown. The concept of shutting down the Indian point nuclear power plant is a great concept. I think it should be shut down. However, it is a big however. We're not ready for it at all. We haven't done the right things required to support it, and we're going to find pain in it because we're not trying to move at all nuclear Gen 4. There's no nuclear Gen 4. That what you're doing? Gen 4? Yeah, Gen 4. We're not doing Gen 4 at all, and we should. We should be building more nuclear power plants and new technology nuclear power plants in North Country of New York. So do I want Indian Point nuclear power plant to shut down? Yes. Do I want a plan? Yes. We don't have a real one. And you're going to see it. Everyone's talking about, oh, we got this plan. This is going to happen, blah, blah. No, it is going to be a disaster. We're going to have brownouts. It's going to be a problem because it has to be. We're going to spend a huge amount of money on a gas or, or natural gas, whatever. We're going to be coal plants, whatever. And we're going, to be bu- we're going to be buying our energy either from Pennsylvania or from Canada. That's what's going to happen in New York State. So conceptually, good idea. In practice, it will be a disaster. I hope I answered your question. So, all right. Um, Liberty says, so in the spirit of AMA, if you choose not to run for office, will you still do work for down ballot candidates? Will you put boots on the ground outside of New York? I I am surprised you would even ask that question. I'm surprised you'd ask that question. Haven't I been doing that? In two weeks, I will be in California raising money for the Libertarian Party of California. I don't live in California. A month after that, I'll be in Michigan raising money for the Libertarian Party of Michigan. I don't live in Michigan. I'm not running for anything now. I've been doing that for years. I haven't run for anything since 2018. So I still raise money and work for down ballot candidates. I do libertarians drinking coffee live every week. So once a week at least. Last year I did three. I did three a week during a campaign. I did seventy five of them. I did seventy five libertarians drinking coffee live last last year, and I wasn't running for office. Why? So I help you raise money, give them a little bit of, of press, allow them to use my videos to share in other forms of social media, and I help them walk through their uh, policy issues. I, I'm surprised you even asked that question. Don't I always? Wh- when have I not? When have I not? So yes, um, I don't think that I know of. I don't know anyone who is still active in the party who's raised more money for a candidate. I don't know anyone who's active in the party who's done it. I've raised probably, for, if I include myself, I'm including myself. I've raised about almost, not yet, but almost a million dollars for candidates. Half of that mine for myself but another half million for other other candidates and parties in the last six years since 2014, since 2014. So seven years, last seven years, almost a million dollars in seven years. So yeah, 
I would say yes to that. <laughs> so yes, good. All right, so let me keep going there. Here, um, uh, let's see. Uh, people, Gene says, people who cry racism and racism make it harder for those who are actually suffering racism. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yes. Let's see if I can do this here. Um, Dustin says, I find it entertaining that now the left doesn't have Orange Man bad. And they've been eating their own record numbers. That's exactly my point, Dustin. You're right, right? The, the advantage that the left had with Trump is that we talked about it really did unite them. They were all like, get Orange Man. Everyone was focused. All the guns were focused on get Orange Man. Well, okay, you got rid of Orange Man. You won. Now what? Now the guns start turning yourselves. Totally right. And the right, you know, I'm not, I've been concerned about this concept. Who does, no one's really stepped up as the leader of the right. It's not an obvious leader yet, right? Because I think Democrats will turn their guns on that person. And maybe they're not ready, which is why I mentioned that the Tim Scott situation, they pushed him out there and said, let's see if you can take two shots. Uh, again, I'm hoping that he knew it and he was like, fine, I'll do it. I'm hoping he wasn't like, no, I'll, what? Go out this way? Yeah, yeah, go out that way, Tim. Which way? I hope that wasn't what happened. I hope he was like, you know what? I'm in. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take this for the team. I'm out there. But I think that was the first step. Once they put someone out there, man, they jumped all over him. So the, the the left is looking for someone that they can attack. And without Trump, they are struggling. It's true. Frank says Tim Scott was definitely the Republican sacrificial lamb. Yes, that, thank you, Tim. Uh, uh, Frank, exactly right. Tim was yes. Um, again, I just hope for his sake that he said, "I'm in. I'll do this." I, I hope that was true. Yes. So, Jesus, if, if I lived in New York, I would have voted for you. Thank you, Gene. I appreciate. It. I hope lots of lots of more people uh, think that same thing. Anthony says, "I voted for you, Larry." Smart people do their homework before voting. There we go. I love that. Yes. All right. Um. Joe says, hopefully when you are governor in 2022, you will still do the show. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. But in case you didn't know, when I ran my when I ran the uh, campaign in 2018, I was doing the Gov Shack once a week. So I was still doing a show every week to be able to connect and talk to the people every single week I was. The other thing is I actually got this from Giuliani, believe it or not. And it's going to sound crazy. Giuliani's getting in trouble right now, right? But I got this idea from Giuliani. Giuliani, when he was mayor, you should do a Thursday morning radio show every Thursday morning on WOR radio. Um, he would do it. I think it was an hour. It was like you know, 10 to 11 on Thursday. People would call in. Excuse me. All kind of issues. Mayor, I'm mad at this. Mayor, what about that? And, you know, mayor, is a stop sign down on so-and-so, whatever. And he would literally call people. Hey, get fixed the stop sign, whatever. Right there. So he would actually do that. And that's where I got the idea from. When Bloomberg took over, he copied it. Bloomberg also did it too. He did it also. Um, de Blasio doesn't do that, but, but both, um, Giuliani and Bloomberg did a weekly radio show for an hour, uh, so they could talk to people. So I copied it from them. They did it. And I think it's a good idea. So I would still do it. I, th I think the concept of being able to, to still have a direct connection with people is the right answer. So yes, Paula says, I cannot vote for you, but I bought it. Don't blame me. I bought a lot of shop t-shirt. <laughs> Thank you, Paula. I appreciate that. We have lots of them. You head over to, by the way, go over to Zazzle if you want to, or LottoSharp.com or Sharpway.com. All of them have stores. If you're going to purchase some, some cool stuff, please feel free to purchase some cool swag. I don't know, like this cool cup that I have right here. That will be one of them. Yes. So, all right. Um, 
My two cents says, if you do not sell your soul, you will never be governor. I hope you're wrong, but you might be right. It's the way things are. You need money and lots of it to run. Most people never even heard of you. Um, in New York State, lots of people have, right? Across the country, you're right. But in New York State, many people have. How do I know that? Literally, I cross the state every year. And when I do, and, I, and many people who are watching have been with me. People recognize me. They recognize me in the street. They recognize me in a diner. They recognize me. So in New York City, in New York State, people do recognize me. They know who I am. And all of the party leaders know who I am. Like they call me and want to talk to me about stuff that happens. Um, the people who are running for governor, many of them are talking to me now. So they are talking to me. So I am known a bit in New York State, but your point's still about one. I still need my money. I raised half a million dollars last time I ran for governor, which is still great. But my opponents, the Republican, raised, I think raised $4 million, And I think Cuomo raised twelve, And he already had like $20 million in his coffers, and he raised twelve more. So I will need... To, to win a governorship, it will take, in my view, at least $5 million. That's my gut. I'm not 100% sure on that, but that's where I feel is the answer. And I don't need $5 million up front. I started my campaign with $10,000. It was my own money. I wrote myself a check for ten grand, and then began my campaign. And with that ten grand, I raised half a million. So if I started with, let's say, half a million, I could probably raise $5 million. So the beginnings would be what's most important. If I could begin a campaign with half a million dollars in my coffers, I could raise the other four and a half on my own to get five and have a chance of victory. That's the issue. Do I have to sell my soul to get half a million? That'd be the question. I hope not because I don't want to sell my soul. So maybe I should run for, for governor. We'll see, but I don't want to do both. So thank you for the, uh, um, thank you for the, the comment. So Andrew says, James Carville always said, it's the economy stupid. Remember that? Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, Blast and Smash says the Librarian Party. Hell yeah, let's read. I'm in. Let's read, man. I'm in. Yes. Yes. I voted Larry. Uh, uh, you call bullshit on his number. I believe the count was much higher. Um, I do agree, right? The, the issue is there's a couple things to remember on this. And I only say this, I only say this because um, to make people who supported me feel better. It doesn't change any outcome. So I'm not worried about it in that regard. But the number one thing is, um, the number one thing here is the ballot was set up so that I could get less votes. That sounds conspiratorial. I know it does. That's why I don't really push it that much, but it's still true. And his, so you don't know this. I was the only gubernatorial candidate on, on, on column two. Everybody else was on column one. Some machines were set up only to read column one for governor. So if you put check just me and your machine wasn't set up, to read column two, it was a blank vote. It's blank. That was it. So that vote was gone, whatever that was. So you must say, Lyra, how many blank votes were there in the election? Over 100,000. 100,000 blank votes for governor in a gubernatorial election year when there's no president. You go to vote, but you don't vote for governor? Some don't, but come on. A chunk of those were mine. Was that 50,000? I don't know. Was it 100,000? I don't know. There's no way of knowing what the number was. Was it 10,000? I don't know, but it was more to your point. Second thing, I was actually on a, on the only candidate who was in the same line as someone else, Stephanie Miner, who was another independent candidate. We were on the same line. Completely wrong, shouldn't happen. And we told them to change it. They said, no, go to hell. We're not changing anything for you. They just told me no. No. What power do I have? I had none, Joe. None. Could I sue them? I didn't have the money to sue them. It would have been too late anyway. By the time I had the, the lawsuit was been heard, the election's over. Too late. 
So I couldn't even have done anything. I was completely screwed. So what does that mean in the same line? Some people thought that she was my lieutenant governor. So they checked both boxes. Check both boxes. If the machine reads both, it's a voted vote. Two votes. A voted vote. There were 100,000 of those also. How many of those were mine? 50,000? 100,000? 10,000? I don't know. But some of those are mine. I'm still not done. If they checked both and it only read column one, the vote went to Stephanie Minor. When has she been my vote? She got 50,000 votes. How many of those are mine? I don't know. 20? 10,000? I don't know. So I don't know how many it was, but my gut says it was more. And the reason why I said that is if you ask most people who were doing internal polling, Republicans, Democrats, I was actually polling between six and 11%, depending upon where it was and what time and all those things. So generally speaking, um, people who are in independent and in polling, they get about half of whatever they poll. My average polling was around 8%, give or take. So my gut says I actually got about 4% of the vote, which is still way low and I still lost. So why push the issue? No need. Why sue? No need. I still lost by a lot. That still happened no matter what. I say the 4% because that means the amount of votes I got, I probably actually got about double. I think I got about double the votes that I actually got. And I only said for only one reason. I hope it makes people who supported me feel better. So that there were more people who actually supported me. I probably actually got about 200,000 votes. That's an, a guess. I don't know, but about 200,000 votes. Again, still lost by 2 million. So not trying to say it changed anything, but I hope it makes some people feel better about what they did and how much they supported me. I hope it gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling knowing that I probably got about 200,000 votes, not 100,000. That's all. Hope that makes you feel better, Joe. Thank you for your support. Mike says, um, Tim said he's been a victim of over-policing, but later said it's not a racist country. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I'm saying he knew what he was doing. I mean, I hope he did at least. Race is a class identifier. It is a byproduct of racism. It's hypocritical to say otherwise. I agree. Yes. So yeah, it's... He, he either knew what he was doing um, or they knew what they were doing. I think both. Yes. So, all right. Let's see if I can keep doing this here. Um, um, now, Larry, at the 7 o'clock slot for me. So, what's that show? Okay, he doesn't watch the show. Sorry. Yes. Okay. I, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Tommy Brown says, Larry, honestly, with the focus on areas. Hit uh, hard in areas. Larry, you, myself, Rainwater, et cetera, we have uh, zero, to zero in on area and let, uh, and let what we do take the baton and keep running hard. 100% true. Yes, it's why I don't just all of a sudden run around. I don't all of a sudden run around and just try to, you know, run for everything. I try to stay in my lane. Tommy, you too. I love it. So we can get some, some, uh, some going. Good looking honky. Thank you, good looking honky. Larry, hi, Peter North here. Old age, Tolstar. Great stream tonight, guys. Thanks, Peter. Thank you, good looking honky, Peter. I appreciate that. Thank you. Please keep watching. Yes. Um, let's see here. Uh, if I keep going, Sam says, Hey, Larry, are you currently reading any books that you would recommend? Um, I hardly read books traditionally anymore. Rarely here or there. Most of the time, my books now are in some format, like uh, some audio format. Most of my books are audio format, usually on my phone. The most recent book that I've been reading, hold on, I will show, or listening to, so I don't say reading. I, I now almost always listen to books. Sometimes I read books. Usually the books that I read not are books that my kids are reading. So I will read the same book that my kids are reading so we can talk about it. So I very often do that. So the, any book that I'll physically read is almost always 
a book um, that my kids or one of my kids is reading. Um, the most recent book that I was reading is, hold on, um, Fantasyland. There we go. Just, yeah. Fantasyland, How America Went Haywire. Yes, that that's the book that I'm reading, listening to right now. Fantasyland, um, How America Went Haywire, a 500-year history. Hope that that um, helps. All right, uh, let's see here. Um, Dan Tuck says, I think the whole party is making a full-on assault to take over California. Look at that. 55 electoral votes will jam up D's and R's. I'm getting 270 from years to come. Well, for those of you who don't know, for those of you who don't know, um, we do have a libertarian running for governor coming up here. Yes, Jeff Hewitt. Please check out Jeff. He's amazing. He is a currently he currently holds a um uh, a seat right now. He's a supervisor in uh, Riverside, I think Riverside County. So he is supervisor right now in Riverside County. He's libertarian. He's running for governor. There's your guy, Dan. I love it. There's your guy right there. Yes. Um, Peter says, "Effort, Larry, should be president." I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I should be president. I love that. Yes. Um, I would love to have see a debate with Hillary and Larry. That would have been cool. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Um, uh, Sky says Hispanic also means descendant of Spain versus Latino from Latin America. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing, right? Some people um don't like Hispanic because of Brazilians who are coming from um Portugal. So I think some of people don't like that, and also meaning. Um, that not, the indigenous people don't come from Spain. So some people don't like that. Um, but I think Latino is from Latin America, which is, I think, in my view, I feel like it's much better, a, a much broader category in my view. Um, but whatever. Look, many cultures take the masculine form as the senior form. If you don't like that, no worries. You in your own culture can make a change. I don't get to change Latino or Latina culture. Latinos and Latinas get to change their own culture. I don't get to just decide, well, that's what it is. No, not at all. So, yeah, get it. All right, let's see if I can keep going here. All right, um, let's see here. Larry, did you see the Crabberry Cuomo said that the investigation into the nursing home scandals was just political gambit against him by mean boy Trump? Of course it is. How's this grown man child our governor? He never takes responsibility for anything. Yep. He may as well said the dog ate my homework. Yes. Um, he's a bad person. Uh, there's no doubt. No one's been more against than I have in these last four years. It's absolutely terrible. It's nothing but bad. Yes, nothing but bad. So, all right, let me grab uh, another one if I can. Um, social programs do work when, prop when applied properly. Can you give... <laughs> I'm not sure where, where you mean with that. And what do you mean work? To be forward, there's no doubt that social programs have helped some people. That's true. You can always find someone who's been helped by social programs. The question is, in the long run, do they do more harm than good? I would argue they do. I would argue that in the long run, they do far more harm than good. But do they help some people? Sure. There's absolutely stories of people who went on public assistance or who went to some job program and made something good happen because of that. 100%. Of course that's true. But I feel like when you just focus on the only option being a government-sponsored program, and all the options really aren't real or are crushed by the government, the government program or are funded by a government program, you wind up having a monopoly. 
And monopolies notoriously just don't do well. They don't respond to the right answer. They just don't respond it. They don't respond well. But maybe I'm wrong. Adam says, Larry, let's defund the police and encourage people to get home security systems that dispatch private security when the alarm goes off. You know, Adam, I'm okay with that, right? If if then that would be not defunding the police, that would be reforming. And the police would know, and we'd have time to sh- make shifts. We would adjust and shift. We let the communities know they would rather have that. And maybe some communities don't want that. And maybe some do. I think it's not a bad idea if it's a plan, because what's going to happen? The private security people, they're going to need training too. They need to be people who know what's going on. So many of them are going to be former cops. Some are going to be cop, cops and be trainers. Some of the managers will be police officers. That's going to happen, right? It's going to, and they're going to have to work with police. So there's going to be liaisons. I'm not against the concept, but, but individual communities should be deciding that. And when you do police reform, police have to be part of it. Otherwise, how are you going to reform them? John says, I may sound like a sociopath, but why is emotion so tired? Oh, try. I'm to tied into politics. If it doesn't make logical sense, why does it matter at all? I don't understand how race is so emotional when it clearly is logical. It's only a skin tone. It means nothing. Your skin color doesn't determine your thoughts or character. Um, it's a good question. And I think the piece, John, to understand or to get. And you don't even have to like it or agree with it. I think as humans, you just have to accept one part of us. All of us. We are all both logical and emotional. We all are. Some of us are more emotional than others. Some more logical than others. And we also may shift in our lives, right? You may be more emotional with your children and less emotional at your job. Or the reverse. Depends upon who you are and what's going on. Certain friends, you may be very logical. Certain friends, you may be more emotional. When you're having more successes in your life, you may be more or less emotional. So even that could wane and, 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 and wax depending on what's happening in your life. But there's always going to be an emotional piece to what we do. And politics, when we've turned politics, especially today, we've turned politics into culture war. And when it's culture war, culture war is really, really emotional. It's tribal, it's emotional, and skin color becomes a part of your tribe. And I think that's what works. And it's why, wait a minute, you're this skin color. You're supposed to be in this tribe. Right. Oh, oh, right. You guys go in this tribe. And now people don't like it. It makes them angry and upset. Why are you the certain skin color going in this tribe or that tribe? So I, I get your, I don't think it's like a sociopath at all. I think you're asking a question that many people are asking, right? Tony talked about it. He's like, I, I'm not doing this. All I'm saying is the percentage of people who don't, particularly in today's world with, with culture war, who aren't taking emotion as a big chunk of politics is very slim. People who are making it logical are the are the minority. And the more they scream, be logical, the less people are logical. You don't want to solve an emotional problem with a logical answer. You don't want to solve a logical problem with an emotional answer. You want to solve each with each. If that makes any sense. And if you can turn the emotional piece into a logical piece, then solve it logically. Right, it's like find the common denominator before you, you know, add. You want to find the common denominator first and then add across. And what I try to do here so much, I try to take the emotion and then respect the emotion and then find a logical reason that also handles the emotion and solves the problem. 
And that's not easy, but I try to find that common denominator. Most people just do one or two things, but it's wrong, emotional, or no, no, do this, logical. Both really don't, you know, deal that. So, yes. Uh, Sky says, wow, thanks for telling us how women feel. I said that? I said how women feel? Um, Sky, you got to help me out. How, when did I say how women feel? Did I? Oh, did you mean the... Uh, the uh the uh the the snow white thing i was joking sky i was teasing i, I guess that wasn't clear he's a handsome smart savvy guy uh, maybe that landed wrong if if that came across if that came across as as not a joke and it might have um then let me apologize that was not what i was trying i was teasing is what i was doing he's a handsome powerful man i was teasing I, if it was the reverse, I would have said, she's a hot woman. He's happy. So, yes, I was teasing. If that came across the wrong way, then I apologize. That was not my intent at all. I was trying to, I was being, I was teasing. I was, I was trying to show that, that relative to bigger issues, it's not a big deal. That's what I was trying to say. That there are other bigger deals than dealing with a fairy tale that isn't real. That isn't a real thing, right? So, maybe that came across as in, uh, incorrectly. Sky, Sky, thank you for saying something. I appreciate you not just getting angry and, and walking away. I'm glad you said something. Thank you. Because if you thought that others may have thought that too, and that was not my intent. So I hope, I hope you'll uh, understand what I'm saying. That was not my intent. So, all right. So if I can keep grabbing here. Power is not the issue for women. No, the looks, the only thing they care about is money. Oh, he's being worse than me. Brian, that's not what I was saying. Oh my God. And I see why you got that. Okay. <laughs> all right. You're right. Sky, you've just... You, Brian has proven your point. I did not say that correctly. So look, I, I do live stuff all the time. Sometimes I, I say things that I probably shouldn't say. So, so let me move on. Wow. That, okay. I, whoops. That's what I will say. Whoops. Um, liberals are statistically having fewer children later in life than conservatives. Oh, is that true? Even per sources like Yahoo and WAPO, the next generation is going to be one of the most conservative. Oh, maybe. Okay, there we go. So maybe maybe we'll shift that way. That's probably, that's probably, so yeah. Um, yes, um, let's see if I can keep going here. Um, um, cancel Larry, I think she was kidding. Oh, was she? I don't know, but I was kidding too. So if we're all kidding, it's all good. So yes, um, we're, we're all, I, I was kidding. I, I hope she was kidding. If I wasn't trying to insult Sky at all. I, I hope she's not insulted. If she is, I do apologize. So yes, I was, I was teasing, but I may have gone too far. I hope people don't think that, so. Larry, remember, liberal and woke regressive left have barely nothing in common. Liberal and woke regressive left. The Dems used, used to party a blue collar. Oh, yes, used to be. It's true. Yes, that, that's a good point. They, they, they have changed. Absolutely. They absolutely have changed. Absolutely. They have changed. 100%. So um, Nancy says, watch Exterminate All the Brutes on HBO. That bothered me. I saw it. It bothered me and it bothered me because what it did, what I thought it did is the series talked about real issues and then just, it felt like it just called everybody and everything racist instead of trying to actually find out real issues. And that I think bothered me tremendously. I don't think it actually tried to solve anything. Um, I, I think that show just made people feel bad. 
And while it touched some real things, it did. It, it touched some real things. I think it just made people feel bad. I, I was disappointed in the series before with you. Um, again, touched some real things. Absolutely touched some real things. I'm not saying it lied or anything like that, but it just, I feel like it just said, look at how bad everything is. Aren't you ashamed and embarrassed in how bad everything is? <sighs> yeah, I felt that. Um, I don't think it was intent was to solve problem. And I, and I, and yes, and I, that's what I'm saying. It didn't. So someone like me who knew most of the history, it just made me feel bad. That's all it did. It was like, yeah, I, I did a show and last year, June 19th on Juneteenth, expressing a lot of similar things, but specifically in this case, uh, for the, for the, um, for the American black population only, um, the show of the brutes dealt with many different things, right? Many different things. Um, yeah, I think it did. It did talk to real here uh, to real history. I just wish it didn't. Here's my my issue, Nancy, with with this in general. I'm not against people at all saying things were bad. People did bad things. It's true. Things were bad. People did bad things. But I felt like that series was like, see you people now in charge. You're evil people. That's how I felt. I don't think they said that to be clear. They didn't say, see you people. But the narrator's voice was like, see how bad you are. You guys are terrible. Versus saying, these things are bad. And we're dealing with the legacy of that now. So how do we now heal? How do we fix it? And I do believe that there was an opportunity there for the narrator to do that. And I feel he missed the opportunity. Am, am I being clear on that? It wasn't a bad show. I watched it. Uh, um, I, I I agree. I think he had the opportunity to do that. And I think because he didn't, there were too many people who aren't going to hear him. And says, I I'm coming from this place. I, yes, I am too. Yes. I think he should have done that though. You and I, Nancy, shouldn't be the only ones thinking that. That should have been a better show with more people talking about it. And I think if he would have come at it from that spin, I think it would have been a better show. And you and I be talking about that right now for the entire show. I think because it, it was, it did talk about that. So, yes. So, um, I think I'm going to end on me being canceled. <laughs> Am I getting canceled? I, I I hope not. Jesus, I laughed out loud. That's no white thing you said. There we go. So I appreciate that. Jericho says I'm not I'm not offended. I appreciate that. My intent was not to offend. I I hope I I hope I did not offend. If it did offend anybody, uh, I am I apologize. I was not trying to. That was not my goal at all. My goal was to be kind of funny. That's all. Chill. That's all. So. All right, guys, I want to say thank you so much for this evening. I appreciate all the time and energy you guys gave me. As always, please like, comment, share. It does matter. And I will see you all tomorrow.